0: Hey, Spittin' Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music.
1: Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn.
2: Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000.
0: Playoffs are hot and heavy. We just finished up yet another game seven here recording on Wednesday night. But let's say hi to the boys first. Get some instant reaction. Paul, biz nasty, biz sonette, where are you these days? You look like you're in that uh, oh, always sunny in Philadelphia gift where the guys get all the fucking things behind them. Oh, out the yeah. conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I am currently in
3: Vancouver. I actually came over to my buddy's office because the Wi-Fi is a lot better than Pasha's place. Um, fucking clean that up, Pasha. Yeah, uh, by the way, I have a crazy... Uh, proposal from him about his New Jersey Devils. We'll save that for later. It involves an offer sheet. Uh, But I did a content piece with McDonald's here here today. Uh, Very cool. Um, You got to work with Ronald Ronald McDonald's House Charities, and there was a kid there who actually, you know, he's been going through treatment. Uh, They had him over. He was staying in in one of the Ronald McDonald houses here in Van. And uh, his, his favorite player, one of his favorite players was Jacob Markstrom, and I FaceTime Marky and he's actually in Slovakia right now at the Worlds. And uh sure as shit, he answered. And he was I, I think he might have been naked because he was in his bed, no no shirt on, and he was kinda like, Why is this FaceTime kind of thing? And next and next thing you know, I had the camera in this kid's face, and and the kid was so pumped. It was just cool. So Jacob Markstrom, awesome guy. You know him, Witt. He goes
4: on the golf trips, doesn't he? Oh, he came on one. He's the best guy in the, the world. The best guy in the world. Uh, I've told this best story ever of him on the bus, right? No. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: About him yeah, getting yeah, caught yeah. on the bus and, and you know, having to sneak out. But yeah, uh,
4: throw it. Yes, yes. Over I don't know if he to the
3: podcast, but just a classy move. The kid was so fired up. His mom was excited. She came over like three times. So just a classy guy and, and just a good cause. So uh,
0: that was my day. Good on you, Biz. And that's our other co-host, Ryan Whitney. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Biz? You got something else for us? Well, I was going to say, I forgot to mention the fact that I shit my
3: pants in the airport on the way to (sighs) Vancouver the other day. And I obviously I sent you guys the picture.
0: We'll take your word for it next time, Biz.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was was taking a piss right before I was going through. Those are new new Ginch, bro. Brand new Lululemon underwear. Lululemon are my favorite underwear. Better give me a fucking Biz 20 promo code because those things ain't cheap. Um, And I'm in the urinal. I'm having a great day. Everything's going awesome. And I, I started taking a piss and I let a little fart out and, and, and then splat. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that shit. I thought I caught it in my butt cheeks where it hadn't gotten to my underwear yet, which is manageable in the airport. But then I, 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 I quickly shut the door because it was in a stall, but I didn't close the door. So I had to, like, shuffle around while my dick was still in my hand. And, like, obviously a guy's walking by, and he's probably like, what the fuck is this guy doing? guy walks by and trips on your foreskin. Yeah, trips on my foreskin. I, I locked the door. I, I pulled my pants down. I had a backpack on. One of the straps was in the fucking toilet, too, as I, as I unload the rest of this stuff. So things aren't going well. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and obviously I, I, when I pull down my underwear, I see that it came out. And I'm, I'm devastated because new Lululemon Ginch – and, and worst of all, I don't like going commando. So I had to like maneuver my socks off, my shoes off, take my my pants off. And I had to throw the underwear out.
0: And then uh, my butt cheeks were just covered in, in, in like splat. Wow. Oh. For those of you who are still listening, uh, <laughs> like Whitney said in the in the text, uh, never trust a fat, uh, never waste a boner. And there's another one of that, never turned on a piss. The old That's when you get a little bit older. And uh, last but not least, our producer, Mikey Grinelli. What's, What's going on there, brother?
5: What's up, boys? I'm in a great mood. I'm always in a good mood when we're joined by the legendary Scotty Upshaw. So it's going to be a good podcast today, boys. Also, that that line you just
4: gave me credit for, that was that's actually Ned's line. So great feedback on Ned's interview. Oh. A, lot, a lot of uh, people have really enjoyed that one. So uh, we have another special podcast. And, and moving on. forward, I know a lot of you want big names on the podcast, but
3: we're going to... I, I hope you guys just trust us and we're going to gear it towards the guys who have awesome stories. I don't care what level they played at because sometimes, like the big names, they like, they not to say they disappoint, but they just can't come on here and sling the stories like some guys can. And I hope you guys just trust our ability moving forward. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Granelli, before we jump into things, is, is you moved into the new office at Barstool. It
5: looks uh, amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Barstool. And you had supermodels there today.
4: I don't Maybe. know how you're saying it's unbelievable. I watched Dave's tour. It's fucking. It's, oh, it's not just even done. All time, this. he's negative all the time. Yeah, no, but, but no, but, but there was videos of like rooms not even c- close to being done. Well, they're not finished. They just moved
5: into the offices <laughs> like, you, like two days ago. You can still tell though. You can see what it's going to be, and like on a lot of the doors that aren't finished, they have pictures of what's going to be. So I will say that, and I know you mentioned the supermodels. Of course, I. I Took a page out of business book, the confidence book. I went right up and introduced myself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> we talked. We said hi. We had a mutual friend, so it was good. So I, I made. The- <laughs> He's like, "What's God, up? With you mustache? have a mutual friend between you and a supermodel." Uh, actually, yeah, a girl I went to high school with, a good friend of mine. Actually, I think you name? guys actually, I think name? you guys actually, you guys actually met her in LA. I won't mention her name. And she's actually Camille Kostic's roommate. So it was the perfect opening line. I just walked right up and said, Hey, I think you're uh, roommates with my buddy. The c- confidence is at an all time high. Hair was she's, looking great today, too. So she's on the cover of Sports Illustrated for those
3: listening. She's gorgeous. Uh, Gronkowski's uh, fiance, girlfriend? Uh, girlfriend, yes. It, she's just perfect. And she's, yeah, I I, I might uh, make the pages of my Sports Illustrated stick together to that one. Um, is that a little offensive,
0: guys? I'm not, I mean, oh, hey. I think it's known men play with themselves to the, that particular issue. By the <laughs> way, do they do a summer issue now, too? Because I saw they dusted off Tyra. She's on the fucking uh, on the cover this time. They used to always just do it in the winter, but do they have a summer swimsuit ish- edition now?
4: No. I think they might just have more than one cover, possibly. Mm, yeah uh, all right what was yeah. your first porn uh, magazine first porn magazine well i mean i always was, had
0: playboy i mean i know playboy is not porn but for the sake of like nudie mags when i was a kid yeah my, my mom was always you know my mom was always pretty cool about like uh me and my brother looking at playboy she was like i don't give you guys look at it i just don't want you know bringing it to school showing your friends like she was always pretty just like liberal but, wait what stuff. about you uh, Witt was
3: ban- uh, jerking off the Sears catalogs. He's, <laughs> he's a <laughs> no, I was simple guy, off, like
4: Milek Street Hockey nets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that was oh, the shooter new, tutor mom's that new uh, plastic goalie pad. That thing's oh, so yeah, sick. Was black eyes. Remember? I think I uh, think somebody. I think an older kid in the neighborhood had one. Let me uh, just hide it in the woods. There was always, a, there was always a, like an old wives' tale. There was a bunch of playboys underneath some bridge in situate. These people told me that. I swear to God I was going to go down there 15 times. I never did it, though.
3: I only asked you guys because I wanted to tell you about mine. Fox Magazine, which are the, okay. like the filthiest ones, and they would always have one page with a chick on it, and there would be like a cum target. <laughs> like, like legit like you get like, like, like the, the middle was like 100 points and shit oh man Dude, I, 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 like, half of those the pages it, were stuck together trash. and uh sure enough when my parents redid my my room after i ended up moving out like five years later i, I forgot it was under there and she was like oh my god i found your fucking!"
0: as if she had not <laughs> caught me four or five times jerking off while i lived there still Biz is like, oh, I missed again. I'm gonna have to try to hit that bullseye one more time. <laughs> it's
6: like,
3: ah, uh, what are you doing tonight, Biz? Ah, target <laughs> practice. <laughs> oh, working on your shot? Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. My pop shot. Oh my god. Now that we got two of Biz's major bodily functions out of the way, uh, maybe time to talk about a little hockey. Boys, Columbus, Boston. Unreal, Monday in Columbus, the Bruins continued to ride the red-hot Rask as he shut the Blue Jackets out 3-0 in Game 6 to eliminate the Blue Jackets and move on to play the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the Bees had a 1-0 lead, but early in the third, it was still anybody's game, basically. And then Bobrovsky, he was so great for all series, and then he gives up that goal to Marcus Johansson that goes right through him, makes it 2 nothing. Backus makes it three, not in a minute later, and it was basically lights out. Uh, I thought he should have probably had the first goal, too. But Brodsky was brilliant all series. Kind of pulled the worst time to to pull a disappearing act. But, I don't know, Tuka man,
4: I I, I think we could talk about him all night, A-Wit. He's just... Uh, it's I, I hope to God that they end up winning it for his sake, just to be able to shut so many people up. Because when you look around the NHL and, and pro sports, like there's certain good players in each league that kind of get a hard time. And you you always wonder why maybe, and their detractors would have a million reasons. So that that's why it is, but still Tukaraska is somebody who's always gotten it in Boston. I still have always said it's because Tim Thomas played this, like I don't sloppy's not the right word. Just like, bizarre style where he was making these incredible saves. And then he played, you know, the greatest hockey of his life on that stretch and like won them the cup. So people just always judge Tuukka on that. And because you're big and skilled and smooth and you make it look easy, people think you're like lazy and he was sick that one playoff series. So, People have always had their reasons to hate him, but the way he's played this, this this round and this whole playoffs, I mean, he was really good in the Toronto series. He was just out of this world in the Columbus one. And so to see him get this gratification, although the interview after the game, I don't know if you guys saw it. He's sitting there and he's like, he, he's very like um, nonchalant, his answers. He's like, you know, I just, I just feel good right now. I'm trying to stay out there. Like He doesn't get ahead of himself. I think he's dealt with so much bullshit in the past that, he knows how good he is. He believes in himself and right now it's it's showing. Well, and right away
3: he goes, We we just stuck with it, deflected it right away from him to his team and, and, yeah. and how they defended well. Um just a quick stat here in the four wins versus Columbus. Uh Tuka Rask only allowed six goals on 137 shots. He was he was excellent. And you know, I I I haven't followed the bees this closely because I, I wasn't involved in this uh podcast uh really before this year. I mean, last year a little bit, but I didn't give it get enough sample size with Rask and it was a little shaky in the leaf series. Whereas like this this is his, his Mona Lisa, and he knows it, and he's, he's continuing the battle between the pipes, it, like, and you guys said, to shut people up. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is how pivotal a moment the, the McAvoy call slash non-call was, and I, I think we're all pretty much in agreement it probably should have been a five-minute major and a game misconduct and, 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 and a one-game suspension him only getting two there was huge. Not to say that that was the only reason
4: why, why Boston won, but that's a pivotal moment. Would you guys agree? It was such a big moment. And and the, the thing that really shocked me was that when you saw it on the replay, it was obvious. I mean, it was an obvious check to the head. And I think that it, it's really a thing where these guys are afraid after the Pavelski incident, and so these these you know they see they see somebody and if they're not hundred percent sure that it was a check to the head, they don't want to get embarrassed like the way that it went down in that game seven. So maybe that's part of it, but it was so obvious that I was just really surprised it was missed. There was a ref right there, and he was right behind the play. So uh, or the play was skating at him. Uh, So lucky. I mean, what what happens? You get a five-minute major. You could score as many goals as you want in that, even though the the Columbus power play wasn't great and the Bruins' PK is awesome. But still, it's a huge moment because it goes from that to two minutes. McAvoy gets to play the rest of the game, and boom, season over for the Blue Jackets.
3: What do you think about it, R.A.?
4: Uh, I was surprised he didn't get tossed out because, you know, the
0: head was the principal point, of contact. Now, like Charlie said, I think he was trying for a hockey check. It didn't turn out that way. It was an unfortunate result. But um, I don't know if you guys saw Kerry Fraser's tweet, but basically, like I just said to Witt, he had to – the ref in that situation has to either give the two minutes for the uh, check to the head or they have to give him the match and toss them out of the game. And Kerry Fraser said that the refs actually prefer that. That way, that it puts the onus on the Department of Player Safety to basically toss them out because then, what you know, like we saw what happened earlier and um what the Cody Eakin situation with Pavelski you know the refs threw the guy out where they probably shouldn't have in that situation right. so I think sure the call. refs they err on the side of caution so then if he deserves a suspension well here you go department of players safety boom they got they gave him the one game suspension so absolutely I, I don't think we're going to have this problem moving
3: forward because I think 100% they change the rule at least the minimum in playoffs where where the ref will be able to review that play, because once again we've seen it affect um, the, the, a series with Washington and Carolina with the Furland, uh, uh, Cody Eakin and Pavelski, and and now in Game Six, where I mean, still a pivotal moment. Now given the given those uh the numbers that i I was going to say earlier in the six games of this series that it had boston led for 194 minutes of it and columbus led for only 48 minutes of it so i mean boston controlled the play quite a bit and and i think overall they deserve to win this series so to blame it on that that one moment would
4: be difficult but nonetheless they could have maybe pushed it to seven games and who knows it just shows that uh, the Bruins, they're not a one-line team, but they really just go based on how that first line goes. And you saw game five and six. It was like they, they, they can become unstoppable at times. And so when they're on, I mean, they showed all year. They're like, if not the best line in the league, one of them, one of the top three. And when they're on, they can't be stopped. And when they were off, it was dicey. That's when Columbus took a, took advantage. And so we'll see what happens in the next round. But when that, when that unit's buzzing, it's like – they just feed off each other, and it's, it's unreal to watch. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. In
3: the last four games of that series, Patrice Bergeron was 62-28 and 28 on face-offs. Uh, that's just under 69%. How are you? Um, in a collective 263 minutes playing against Patrice Bergeron, Tavares, Marner, Panarin, Akitson, Matthews, Jenner, and Duchesne have been on the ice for a combined four five-on-five uh, five goals. That's that is fucking, fucking nuts. We talked about him potentially being banged up. If it comes out that after playoffs that this guy was playing hurt and doing that type of shit, put him in the fucking <laughs> Hall of Fame yesterday. Like, what? That's fucking <laughs> banana lands.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Columbus, they had a 2-1 series lead. They lost three straight, and not so coincidentally, Bobrovsky allowed three or more goals in each of those last three games. And and the Bees, I mean, Duchesne and Panarin started off a house of fire, but uh, credit to the Bees for shutting those guys down. They didn't really get much done the last couple games. And just to go back to Rask for a minute, uh, Whitney, uh, his numbers are outstanding in the series four and two one seven one goals against 9448 save eight percentage. One shot out, we know it should have been two because that other goal shouldn't have counted. But in games four through six, the save percentage was a 965. In a one-three-three three goals against, but as far as the why he gets the hate, I think the Thomas thing might be a little wits, but I blame Felger and Mads. And look, I like Felger and Mads. And for those of you not familiar, they're Dude, the uh, you radio think they guys. That much of an impact? I, I do. I really do. Uh, they're the biggest radio show in town. People are in this town. They're a little bit of sheep. They listen to the radio. They parrot what they hear. Uh, and people around here are miserable, and they love being angry, and they love yep. putting that radio on and being pissed off, and it feeds it. I'm I, um, again. I like Mike and Tony. They're entertainers. I dig what they do. They've been generous to me over the years. But I, I think that a big reason for the people blaming Rask has a lot to do with those.
3: And I completely agree with that. And, and I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards our podcast because we tend to keep it more positive. Obviously, we got to call spade at spade at some point. Um, and, and just to touch on further on some of those numbers, uh, I mentioned how they were a- ahead most games. They never trailed in games four, five, and six. Uh, and through 13 playoffs games, the Bruins have led for 400 total minutes. And between both series, they've only trailed for uh, 125 minutes. So they are like, although they've, you know, they've been pushed to the limits with Toronto and then, and then Columbus brought them to six, they've been playing some very dominant hockey and even with some dips in play from uh, the big
0: boys early on in that Columbus series no doubt um the other story from this series we need to talk about uh brad marshall and his tricks with the media uh this story wow i can't believe how overblown it got up in canada it was kind of trickling down here in case you missed it uh but this what's the fella's name who who did the interview with uh the guy with the buzz haircut?
3: Uh, kyle he's got the great salad listen it was a, a situation that got blown way out of proportion uh a couple a couple of people who I completely disagree with said it was out of line by him to ask that. He asked a great first question and he he was very lighthearted in a follow-up. Listen, listen, I, I'm I'm down a little bit with the antics where he stepped on the guy's skate. Obviously, not with the punch in the head. I made that very uh um very apparent last episode. But if you're gonna do stuff like that, like the guy should have the right to just joke around about starting out. Some people were like, well, not before the game when he's doing his skate around. But you think Marshawn's not in, in fuck-around mode all the time when it comes to the antics? If, you got, if, you, if you're going to dish it, you've got to be able to take it a little bit. So I, I feel bad for that Kyle guy. And then after the game, he, he got to interview him again. Uh, I would imagine that, uh, that the network kind of did that to see what would be the follow-up. And uh, and he, he was given the one word answers to him again, and then and then and then the locker room was a different story. So I don't know. I just I thought he was just kind of being a bit of a smartass.
4: What about you, Witz? Any take on it? <laughs> I I saw. All right, were you were you telling me it was like going nuts up there, and it wasn't? And you're just saying that, or was it? Uh, there was a, a writer from Montreal called him like stupid. He
0: said, oh, like basically, I, I sent it to you guys. He basically he ended up deleting it, which means he. Probably shouldn't have sent it in the first place. But he basically said, oh, I got it right here. Where is it? Oh. It was blown way out of proportion. Thankfully for some- him, he can play hockey. Probably not smart enough for much else. I mean, now you're making personal attacks on a guy. Some people, some guys there the city should be fined. I mean, I, I can understand biz. Now, if you put yourself in on shoes, you're warming up. at the biggest game of the year. You're taking time out of your warm-up to, to go give a guy a minute or two. And I don't know his relationship with this guy. Any guy brings up a subject that – you know, that's buddy, time.
3: Marchand, Marchand ain't a mental midget. One question like that is not throwing him off his game. Considering he's doing this types of stuff where he's stepping on guys' sticks in game, he's thinking about other stuff other than hockey. But listen, I'll concede that side of the argument. He's preparing for one of the biggest games of his life, and and maybe the guy should keep it strictly hockey. But but. Uh, like I said, I lean more onto the side of – he asked a, a lighthearted question. The guy's been licking people's faces and stepping on people's sticks. If he can't take a little question about his
0: antics, then <laughs> then I don't know. I, and the other thing, I would say that's not usually a spot where you see those kind of things, though. You know what I'm saying? They're usually straightforward. like that. I understand it's a question you might ask after the game. It just seemed like it wasn't the best time. Now, if they're buddy-buddy and they have that type of relationship, I get it. But I can understand why Masha sure. bristled a bit at it. I mean, I sure. can get so, and then I, the one I'm going to
3: concede you. that side of it where maybe that was his thinking, but we'll never really know because uh, yeah,
4: well, right. if yeah. the people who went nuts about it, I mean, Jesus you're relax, relax a little bit. Because, I think it's Kyle Bukowskis. Bukowskis. He's he's a nice kid. I, oh, he's, dude, like he, no, he's the up and coming superstar of the industry. He's the next fucking what is it? Jim Nance? Like, how do you, who's the superstar, like guy down by the ice? He's, he's coming up like a firecracker. So I think he's doing a great job. I thought the question, think about it. We look for entertainment. I think the question is like funny to try to get out there. If Marshawn gives something funny, it's awesome. Yep. Marshawn got pissed off about it and he decided not to talk to him. And because of that, you know what? Reporters can get pissed off. Marshawn will then get ripped on by reporters who will be pissed off that he did this to them. But he has every right to not talk to him. I don't understand when people say you have to talk to the media. I mean, like, dude, I, yes, it, it, it'd be good to. I think it helps sell the game. These guys, you know, are making a living. But at the same time, in the playoffs, if you're pissed off, like, dude, you don't have to do anything you don't want to.
3: All I got to say is if that uh, if Kyle's listening or, or hears about it, just keep doing what you're doing. This is not even a blip on the radar. Keep that confidence up because you never know how that can affect someone on the major stage, right? He's still young in his career where, listen, when I have bad days, even on the Coyotes broadcast, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I question myself a little bit. So I hope you don't. And, uh, you know, it, it brought some entertainment and, and you created a shit storm. So bravo, buddy.
0: Exactly, kudos to him. I'm not, you know, criticizing what he did. I think, like I said, it's great entertainment. It's even more entertaining. People losing their fucking shit over it. And for the record, I felt this way for a long time about the media and not having to play tummy sticks. me. it predates uh, the Mashan shit. But uh, anyways great series. Bruins are moving on to kill Well, I think
3: there's one thing we got to talk about yeah. in that series left. The handshake line. And I love oh, how yeah. Anderson went right up to McAvoy and was like, Bud, heat of the moment, whatever shit happens. And one thing for you social justice warriors, not much of them listen to this podcast. <laughs> but, Bud, but, like – it's a split second decision it was an accident and the fact that those guys can shake hands hopefully you people on 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 social media can realize that the game happens quick it's not always personal it just shit happens when when you're flying around out there on the ice and it was nice to see those guys bury the hatchet right away and uh, i love the respect shown and that's why i love that handshake line best uh, what do you call it the best like tradition
0: celebrate. best one of the best traditions in sports yeah, it was cool to see. And like you say, it shuts a lot of people up, too. So that wraps up that series. Next, we're going to take a look at uh, an all-time classic man, Dallas-St. Louis. Uh, it was an epic instant classic, Game 7 Tuesday night that went to double OT. Uh, St. Louis beat Dallas 2-1, to one, knocked them out of the playoffs when Pat Maroon whacked a loose puck, passed an absolutely incredible Ben Bishop, 550 into the fifth period. If you missed it, Robert Thomas' shot hit the post, went off Bishop's back, landed right behind him in the crease. It was an easy tapping for Maroon, but you had to feel terrible for Bishop, man. 52 saves on 54 shots, and to lose the game on such an unlucky thing, he did nothing wrong. He played played everything right, and he lost the game. But at the same time, kudos to Maroon for getting his second dramatic game winner of the playoffs. Hometown crowd. His kid was there. Awesome scene. Biz, what do you got, brother?
3: Well, let's back it up a little bit. Let's go back to game six where fucking Dallas pulls out all the stops, trying to naturally boost their team's testosterone. They put that missile launcher – Tits McGee behind the bench, <laughs> and I think every it backfired. Every guy on the bench must have busted their nut, other than Tyler Seguin, because he ended up scoring the goal. He's used to seeing jammers like no, that. No,
4: because he had already had like seven out in the morning with her. Yeah, he probably yeah, legs. Rock
3: probably got her with the old pregame uh, after pregame skate. They only end up mustering up twenty three shots. Uh, the game goes poorly for Dallas. Four one. St. Louis goes back home for Game Seven, and guess what? Not only did they not get the win in Dallas by pulling off that stunt, they get mocked. They got, a, they got a, a, a man, a grown man with a full beard in the exact same outfit, dressed as that girl that was behind the Dallas bench, and now the St. Louis Blues are fired up. I think after the first period, uh, it, until the end of regulation, I don't think da- Dallas had four shots. So it was a pure domination show by St. Louis. They deserve to win that hockey game. Um, of course, the, the storyline, Pat Maroon scoring in front of his kid, unbelievable. Uh, the whole city's erupted. Very cool that he, he was basically the, the St. Louis Blues were, were in battle with the, the city's counterpart, uh, Ben Bishop, who's from there as well. So it's kind of like a St. Louis against St. Louis thing going on and he gets the goal post game interview he he gives I think Chicklets a little shout out with the TSN turning point comment uh while getting interviewed <laughs> and uh and then he and then he gets a big hug by John Hamm going in the locker room. Can you imagine? How about that Wit?
4: John Hamm? You you could after we talked to him, we could tell. That guy's a diehard Blues fan. So he's just fired up, I'm sure. Glory is ripping in that locker room. Last place January 3rd onto the Western Conference Final where they will now face who they did last time they were in the Western Conference Final, the San Jose Sharks. So the series was, was exactly what we said before. I, I think, I'm pretty sure we picked, did we all pick that series to go seven? I, I had think St. Louis in six or seven. I had Dallas in six, so I was double wrong. I don't know what I was, so I was probably wrong. But I, we knew how evenly matched it was, and it came down to the wire. And, God, dude, have you ever seen a hockey game that set up more for the, the true heartbreak than that game where one team dominates and dominates and keeps coming and never stops? The other team can't even get a fucking shot on net. And all of a sudden, you just wait for Dallas to get that killer. It's like it was setting up perfectly for it. A true goaltender stealing a game. And then just an incredible move by Robert Thomas. This kid's filth. Filth. Yeah. Two assists in game seven. I think he's 19. I mean, that move off the wall, it was sick. You Usually guys go down the wall. He cut back in on a dime and was like right behind Maroon. And then just perfect shot. Maroon gets the rebound. And, yeah, seeing him. He's seen his son and him. That was so cool. I actually remember a couple years ago, he scored when he was on the Oilers in St. Louis, and it, they showed his son. So now he's playing there, and he's from there. and gets he, It's every kid's dream. Every kid who's ever played hockey in St. Louis dreams of that.
3: Right. And, all right, let's not forget, this guy took uh, less money in order to sign a one-year deal in St. Louis. He, he, Maroon got – a little fucked over in free agency. He thought he was going to get his big ticket this summer. And, and I, and I hope that uh, kind of like the Wayne Simmons situation, I hope that everything pans out uh, and they go the distance and he gets a nice little ticket and uh, him and his, uh, he'll have enough money to hand over to that young guy. Uh, one other thing I want to mention in RA, I don't know if you have the full story on this, but uh, there was a, a young fan in Winnipeg who got surprised with game seven tickets and they flew him down from Winnipeg. Uh, very cool story. Uh, I, I don't know how the kid from Winnipeg became a St. Louis Blues fan, but they flew him down, and I, I can only imagine that that game, bringing him down there was a very special moment for him and getting to see the, the hometown kid end it in double overtime.
0: Was that the little guy who got a, who got a, a pretty emotional and said, holy shit, a couple times? I, th- I I believe that's
3: a guy. It was they posted it to their Instagram and then how they were bringing him down? So I don't know if there there was anything wrong with him, and it was it was like uh, you know if he was fighting anything off.
0: So yeah, even if he you know just got answer. all A's, it was still a pretty cool video. Like regardless of how he scored the tickets, I I did see that. And then going back to Maroon, what, one of my favorite parts of the video, obviously him hugging John ham was great, and his son, but was the enthusiasm in all the teammates. Like, you could tell if the teammates were as, as happy that he scored as anyone. Cause, and they were all doing rig, and they were doing like – you, you know when you drive by a truck and you pull the horn going – they were all doing <laughs> – like pretending they were pulling a truck one in the room. That, that had me dying laughing. And biz – we'll, we'll actually – I'll find the picture. I'll have Grinelli tweet it out. There's an unbelievable picture of Bishop and Maroon embracing at the end of the handshake line. And in behind them, yep. one of the ice girls is skating by – with the St. Louis city flag, just as, as they hug it, it's a fucking, you couldn't like plan the picture better. So it's, it's a tremendous photo. We'll make sure we tweet that out so people can enjoy it.
3: And listen, obviously we've been a little bit St. Louis heavy and we have Upshaw coming up. We got to give credit to the Dallas stars. They have a very bright future. They got some young studs on the back end. Um, you know, Segan obviously stepped up from after the comments. Uh, un- I mean, heartbreaking moment for Jamie Ben on that wraparound, not being oh. able to find the back of the net. That one's going to haunt his dreams for a bit.
4: Hey, you know, on the radio this morning, I heard Mike Johnson. Um, he's an analyst on NHL Network, and he was saying that Ben uses a pretty like straighter than normal curve, straighter than most guys in the NHL. And you think, like, you'd think if he has a bigger curve, it'd be easy. You know what I mean? Easier on that wraparound into the post. Yeah. But it's still like for a second you thought it might have gone in cuz his pad was in the net, but it just hit the the knee where where his you know his knee was outside the Well, out-
3: right, cuz if he's got a flat blade it yeah.
4: eventually rolled yep. off where if, if you have like a Ovechkin
3: toe curve dipping the sauces, crossing him on it. Um <laughs> He could just scoop that right in. So, very unfortunate for that group of guys. You could see the heartbreak in the post-game interviews. But, Dallas fans, you guys are going to have a good team for some years to come. Uh, you got some good young studs in the lineup. That Hinsk had a nice breakout playoffs. Is that how you say his name?
4: Hinsk? Yeah, Rope Hints. Rupe!
3: Rup Rup Rup
4: Rupe. He yeah, probably it. gets after it like a Finnish guy who just gets loaded. Yeah, <laughs> Rupe. rupe. Like, like Rupes coming out. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Rup- there it
4: is. Rup- <laughs> there
3: it is.
0: Oh, you V. Yeah, they only got four goals in the last three games of the series. Uh, just a goal each for Ben and Radulov. They're the big guns. And like we just said, I mean, Ben's going to be seeing that wraparound with his nightmares all summer. I just sent you guys the picture. I mean, he had almost half of the net. He, he had an opportunity. He just, obviously, in that situation, you're rushing. You're trying to fucking just jam it home. But when he sees how much room he actually had, he's probably going to be sick. Uh, also, too, Jordan Binnington, um, this was actually before last night's game, fewer starts to the 30th career NHL win regular season and playoffs combined. He's tied number one all time with Freddie Anderson. It only took him 39 games to get to 30 wins regular season. How are you? Combined. So this kid, uh, he looks like a keeper, eh?
4: Yeah, and how about his just reaction of just having no reaction when they won and the overhead shot of of him legit looking like he's skating to the the bench to grab a swig of water. Oh, funny thing. I saw a tweet at us, Biz, that said, hey, Witten, Biz, can you tell the people why guys squirt out the water bottle right before they take a sip? Oh, some
3: guys like me suck on it like a nipple. Yeah,
4: because Biz is fucking licking his lips all over the tit of that. Getting ready for ball skiing. The and other guys are fucking there. doing other they're spitting nasty shit all over our gary balls so you gotta you gotta get a little swig out pour some out for the homies before you swig so that's not that, gonna lie
3: i didn't even i didn't even squirt it out before i dummied it that's because i have a crazy immune system because i'm used to collecting germs <laughs> <laughs> uh but listen let's let's save I'm a little happy. bit more st louis talk for our next guest scotty upshaw very excited to have him back on we talk about his uh his a little bit of his recovery but now his comeback to the national hockey league we're all behind you scotty and we're gonna send it right over to you love you fella shall i take your order or do you need a minute
2: yes i'll be ready just buying a car on carvana. what it's super convenient i already got pre-qualified in
1: two minutes all i had to do was answer a few questions what that's handy yeah now i'm customizing my down in monthly payments what that's an exquisite deal And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Boom, just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Right from your phone.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome back to the podcast, probably one of everyone's favorite guests, uh, the man rocker himself, Scotty Upshaw. And of course, St. Louis is advancing to the conference finals, and we had to bring our Buddy, back on who used to play for the St. Louis Blues, basically an insider for us on this interview. Uppy, how you doing, buddy?
6: Gentlemen, it's absolutely uh, a treat to be back chatting with you boys. Uh, things are good on the West Coast, the best coast.
3: Well, I've noticed on uh, on Instagram. I don't know if you've been sending it out on your main Instagram stories, but I'm a close friend of yours, and I've been getting the green bubbles. And uh, you're back on in full training mode, buddy, and you look like you're ready to fucking go.
6: I am, Biz. I am ready to rock. I got to tell you, it's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I put the wheels on for the last couple of weeks. I've been skating. Um, just feeling normal again. Being able to golf, being able to dance, being able to skate. Like, it's, uh, it's everything that I miss, and it's nice to be back in, uh, in full swing of things. So I think since I last spoke to you guys probably a couple months, uh, things have really been going good and I'm excited to get back.
3: So now you're on on full on training mode. Where exactly are you training? I noticed you, you've of course been on the ice, but, but, uh, you have a personal trainer.
6: I do biz. I've been in, uh, so I live in Newport beach, as you know, you've been to a few of the boys, uh, July 4th parties and, and whatnot. Uh, so I'm living down here. I got trainers that I work with at the, uh, Scott Boris sports Institute for training, uh, a guy, Chase Latimer, I've been working with for like five, six years so uh been hitting up him and then actually uh thanks to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks I've been able to skate with uh Larry Barron their skating coach the last two weeks so I've been getting like one-on-one ice time with him at their new rink uh which is it's brand new biz they just built like a uh fiveplex in Irvine so the Ducks finally got a nice uh wait you don't get stuck in that Anaheim ice there anymore you uh they got a nice skating facility for the boys so I'm there like four times a week skating one-on-one and it's been uh, it's been a real treat
4: up, dog, you, you mentioned it's Scott Boris's facility. If he ever saw the contracts you had, he'd laugh in your face. He's usually getting guys like <laughs> Warren
0: Sheets.
6: Oh, yeah, you can't, even get, you can't even get him on the horn. It's trouble enough to get, like, your agent on the phone. You imagine only making three, four million bucks trying to get him on the phone. He's got Bryce Harper, like 30 sheets a year. You're like, damn.
3: Oh, so he trains all types of high-end athletes? No, That's he's a, he's the, the agent.
6: He's the agent. Oh, he's the agent, Biz. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy working deals behind the you know behind the doors, which you probably you can probably use every now and then. What the but, fuck uh, are you laughing at,
3: Mikey? Mike Mike, Mike is <laughs> laughing at me because I didn't know who this Boris guy was. Like, did you he's know the, who he was? He, he's legitimately he's like the the four,
6: probably number. He's yeah, number he's one the or biggest, 2 like biggest agent. Number one biggest agent in the goddamn world. A, uh, I'm a trenches guy. It.
3: I don't
5: give a shit about these big boys. I'm, I, I stick to the, 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 the no namers. Like buddy myself. works for him. Your buddy works for him. We went out in Kelowna and your are one of your buddies was telling me how he's just, he's Boris's right hand man. Listen, no disrespect to Boris. I just, I'm a
3: peasant and I, I stick to the peasant agents. All right. So anyway, back to, uh, back to our conversation here. So things are going well for you.
6: Things are great, man. Yeah. Things are good. I just got off the golf course, played golf with the boys today, Obi and, uh, Larry Flowers, uh, my sticks are finally coming around. I'm able to swing it, make some birdies with. You'd appreciate that. So, so it's all coming together. I'm feeling really good. Excited to uh, to have a good spring ahead. I've actually never worked out this early ever in my life, so I feel like I'm getting a head start on the boys.
4: <laughs> Usually, this is part of the postseason bender. Uh, on the On the links, any <laughs> rust, any rust, or what's going on there? Like, how's the-
6: I, uh, Oh, buddy, I fell over a couple times when I got out there, but now I'm back the full up dog. Like, legs are moving well uh, hands are catching up. I don't think my hands have ever caught up to the way my feet moved ever in my career, but, uh, but definitely, uh, it's definitely a good sign when your legs start to come back and, and you really feel like the work you put in over the course of the five months during rehab is, is paying off. So
4: I'm pretty happy with it. So, um, you know, a bunch of your buddies with an enormous win last night, crazy double overtime game seven, St. Louis blues victory. I saw you and Larry flowers. Who's a part of the origination or if that's even a word of Gloria. So how cool was it to see your buddies get a huge win?
6: It was amazing. Whit, uh, I know you're close with those guys too. Even, you know, there for Great a couple guys. camps. They're, uh, they're unreal guys. Um, I've been in real, like real close touch with them over the course of this playoff run too, just cause they're, uh, you know they're they're good friends. They mean so well. They just what they have going is is almost like that that America's team right now. You know, blue collared, like got a good story to them. You know, dead last in December, now like on to the conference finals, waiting to see who they play with uh, tonight with San Jose and Colorado. They're just you know they're just a good bunch of guys who work hard. They have fun. They added O'Reilly this summer, who's an absolute man rocket weapon and you know best two way center in the game. So. Uh, the pieces they added, I'm happy for them. Uh, Chief, you know, I, I text Craig Berube after the first round. We always laugh about just dumb, dumb shit all the time. He's, he's such a good guy. I had him in Philly, and now he's there as the head guy in St. Louis leading the charge. And, uh, you know, he's just fired up. You can tell in these Instagram videos after the, after the match when he comes in, laughs with the boys, and, you know, shoots Maroon, gets Maroon to say some dumb shit after the game, which is just hilarious. And uh, you gotta love what they're doing. It's it's happy. I'm pumped to uh, to see them doing well, and uh, it's nice to nice to see.
0: Happy. Did you talk to any any of the guys last night while they were still in the building tearing the place up last night?
6: All right, you're damn right. They all they all. We started a group message right after called Gloria <laughs> Flower started it. It's just hilarious. There's twelve guys on there all just fucking laughing, sending pics. It, it's great. I mean, in baseball, when these guys go like Buck Diddy, after they win these series you know they spray champagne and they move on to the next one the the St. Louis Blues that feeling is in the room all the time they win games they <laughs> fuck they celebrate they have fun and then they show up to work and i would want to be the other team like San Jose or Colorado they know they're going into a you know into a series next round that's going to be that's going to be tough i mean you know they're battling game 7 Dallas give them credit they they played unbelievable their defensemen were fucking awesome. I mean, th- then their goaltending Bishop played the way he played last night. I mean, that's a good team and St. Louis, you know, beating them. I like him down the stretch. I like what those guys bring. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to next week.
3: Yeah. Pollock was pretty good in that game. Seven. Uh, what do you got from him? <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, Abhi, are you as shocked as pretty much everybody else to see them in the Western conference finals after they were pretty much dead as Dillinger back in January?
6: I can't say I'm in shock. R.A. I, Cause I, I know the guys in the room and we were used to, I mean, the group is used to winning. So it's like, it, that just doesn't, that vibe and that feeling, like even like guys like Petro and Steiner and Vladdy, uh, the, the, leaders, like they're used to winning. If you don't win, you know, it's like a little tweak here or there, just, you know, f- fixing something or just putting games behind you and focusing on like, you know, why you're a good team. What always, what always made you successful. Uh, the energy they have, you're watching like Schwartzy and this ro- fucking Robert Thomas. Can we talk about this? This he kid, stopped, he's unbelievable. From London. He's the, w- the way he holds on, the puck he is from London. <laughs> They're probably paying him. Well, he played it. for
3: the Knights. He was uh, making more money playing junior.
6: <laughs> well, he should have because he's unbelievable and he's actually carrying that team right now. The way he, uh, the way he handles like the, the depth in their lineup and the way he controls pucks and like, uh, has turnovers like left and right. I mean, it's, Uh, having big Patty Maroon on his line. Those guys are just tough to play down low, you know, tough team. And uh, I love it. It's, it's great to see. And these guys are going to be weapons going into conference finals.
3: I'm kicking myself in the ass because uh, later in the season when uh, St. Louis came into Arizona, uh, that uh, that Thomas kid was working the half ball on the power play. And I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? And then, of course, I saw Lennon Knight, so I knew he was fucking making more money in junior. But I, I'm kicking myself in the ass because I, I forgot to mention him as as this like up-and-comer that, that no one in the league really even knew about. And uh, he's kind of having his coming-out party, although he did have a, a decent year statistically. Uh, I don't know. I always mess up that word. But uh, he's really kind of becoming a household name now that, of course, they're moving on to the Western Conference Finals.
6: He's just a good kid. And the the way that the older guys treat him, I hear he's, you know, the the boys like Bertuzzo and and Schwartzy, they've taken him under his wing, under their wing. And just like, you know, it's it's important to have guys like that to teach these young kids who have all the skill in the world but need to know kind of what it's like down the stretch, you know, when meaningful games are important and what it's like in the playoffs. I mean, uh, and then – you know what, what? can you say about our another youngster, Binnington, who's an absolute beauty, great kid, does well with the ladies, and he's just really puck busting right, right. Whoa, 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 back that up, dude. He's confident as shit. Are you kidding me? You see these interviews, Biz? He's got those nice eyes. He's got pretty solid flow, and he saves pucks. He's winning games. I mean, that's. What else do these ladies want? Like, what else? He's probably want?
3: like me. probably fucks chicks with his nose. He's got a big snout on him like me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, but he can because put that aside for a bit. He, he focuses, on, he's got his eyes on the prize right now, and I think he's got one thing in his mind, and that's, you know, taking this team to the Stanley Cup, and he's sure playing like it, so it's, uh, you know, having a guy like that, a confident guy in the back. I told, I, I've said this before, but as soon as he won his first game in Philly and had a shutout, I texted him, and I was like, buddy, you need to own this you're the fucking guy that's going to take this team in the right direction be confident be cocky just be you because i know who he is and i know like he's been waiting for his opportunity and now that he's got it and grabbed it it's it's something that you know everyone can kind of watch like he handles himself so well he's confident he's calm he wasn't even celebrating after they won see how cool he was well fuck he was probably dead tired i mean he just played fucking 120 minutes of hockey (laughs)
4: And he just made an enormous save on that Ben wraparound, which was just a sick totally. moment. I mean, that looked like – like uh, as they showed the replay, I was like, man, is that in? Because like, his pad was in the net, and he just made this miraculous save. That was unreal.
0: Is he always, like, that weirdly calm, like, in every situation, Bennington?
6: Ra, I I got to know him skating with him and Biz up at that biosteel camp, and I was fucking going bar down on him every shot. I was like, I felt bad oh, for
2: all easy. Up, like, <laughs>
6: <laughs> Finally, I'm like, Hey bud, just keep your glove up a little bit. You'll fucking will save me every time. I only know where to shoot. <laughs> I yeah, only know one did place did you come two, from. Fucking right under the bar. So anyway, he just he's a good kid, and he was always at camp always wanting to like kind of hang out with the guys and and be cool and then you know the team would keep him around the one year we went up to uh through the conference finals and played san jose he was with us the whole time as our third string and was just it was just an incredible kid and you knew that those guys and quality people are guys you want to be around guys you want to have on your team and you could just tell like when this kid gets his chance if he plays well he's going to have a long career and a successful one and and you know him and Jake he was he was exactly what the blues needed when Jake kind of started to fall a little bit he picked him up and then those two were a great tandem down the stretch when things when the schedule got tough they were they were a great tandem
4: up dog um... Now you mentioned Schwartzy and like that guy's on the ice, just a ball of energy, sick skill making plays every time you notice him. But I know you were rehabbing earlier in the year, but he started off just dog shit. He couldn't do anything. Like, did you chat with them at any point? Did you know what, what had happened in the, in the beginning of the year? Cause he's just so good. It was surprising then.
6: I think it was it, the, it was a little bit of a learning curve for most of their guys coming into this season yeah. with, uh, the, the pieces they added, like they added Perron, they added O'Reilly. They had some new guys in the lineup, so there's some fresh faces. Uh, they mixed around with lines, I think. And that was that was the biggest thing I think Schwartzy had to deal with was, you know, he'd always been a guy that was – everyone wants to play with Schwartzy. That's the thing. He gets pucks. He makes plays. He's always, like, creating second and third opportunities from how hard he works. So, everyone wants to play with him. Well, when they brought in O'Reilly and they added Perron, lines got switched. All of a sudden, Schwartz, you know, he doesn't play well. He goes down to the third line. He's not playing with maybe the guys that, you know, he needs to. And that kind of, to me, in a way, was kind of like, you know, from, from the outside looking in was what was going on. Then kind of games become powerful, meaningful. And he's a gamer. He steps up. He's been in all situations. He's won championships. He's been leaders. He's been captain of the world juniors. Uh, That takes over. Then you feed off him. Now, again, everyone wants to play with Schwartzy. Now he's a guy that can play anywhere in the lineup when you're down, when you're up. Great two-way guy. Um, And he's, you know, is this guy not the best tipper in the fucking world right now? This guy can go anywhere. Like right under the bar, too. Every tip is like perfectly placed. So he's always around the net. He's a great guy. Uh you can just see he never fucking stops or quits. And that is something you can't teach kids and it's either in you or it's not. And that and that guy is uh he's a workhorse right now for those boys.
3: Uh Uppy, since uh picking up Dell's auto at the deadline and of course adding Vince Dunn full time, is anybody else in the team getting laid other than those two guys?
6: <laughs> other than those the Those usual- guys
3: are man rockets and that Vince Dunn I mean, Delzado. I know Delzado does well for himself. He's a, he's a ladies' man, but that Vince Dunn is one handsome son of a bitch.
6: He is. He is, Biz. Well, since I left, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of shoes to fill. So. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, so those boys, I mean, you know what? They have a great time is what I said. A lot of good-looking guys in there. They play in St. Louis. There's. I got to say, there's some good-looking girls in St. Louis. There's not a ton. There's some quality there. But uh I'm sure those boys once they, you know, carry on and win the Stanley Cup, they won't have uh, trouble finding anything for, for any amount of days for them to come.
4: <laughs> updog. Uh I'm I'm really curious what's up what's like the updog social calendar look like? Any concerts, any like things coming up, any trips you're going on? I mean, you gotta have a nice little summer plan while also getting after it in the weight room.
6: Totally. Well, I just uh I just actually, so, so my boy Flowers, who's beside me here, actually, he flew in last week. He's, uh, he is here for a week doing a little business, doing a little, uh, you know, catching up with some girls that he left behind in Hollywood. So he, uh, he and I, and a couple other friends, we had about 12 people went to a festival called just like heaven. It was in long beach on Saturday. It was all like cool, uh, early 2000, like indie bands, Phoenix, uh, Oh, Phoenix is awesome. Yeah, Mike Snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beach House. Hey, uh, I mean, these Raptor. are all
3: bands that you used to play in the locker room when I first got to Phoenix and I would download totally. the, the music. And then when you got shipped off wherever it was, I believe you went to what, Columbus?
6: I went from, yeah, for just a fucking cup of coffee. Don't yeah, but
3: I, I would just play all the tunes that you introduced me to.
6: Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, someone someone had to carry the torch, as always, in the room. It's uh, it's it's part of the gig biz. But you were you were one hell of a fucking DJ. I know that. Um, So anyway, that was a great time. But other than that, wit you know what? I got a golf. uh, I got the one big thing on my calendar this summer is a golf trip that Mister Alex Steen put together for sixteen guys, uh, a bunch of blues and ex-blues. But we're all going up to Whistling Straits for a three-day Ryder Cup. That's mid-July. So. Uh, if That's you didn't get your invite, sick, in the medal, be, this year, Whit, you'll be coming next year. Fellas.
4: I'll be up there in, uh, I'll be up there in mid August up though. I'm sure I'll be seeing some right. pitch marks close to some cups and <laughs> some long irons in there with a little bite on them. I know that for sure. So I got
6: that. I don't have much plan though, boys. I'm trying to stick around, uh, building a house in California. That'll be ready probably mid July. Um, so I'm staying here. I'm like I said, I'm giving it one last kick of the can to be, uh, uh, to, you yeah. know i think i i deserve it to myself to to treat this summer like a, a real working man summer, so looking forward to that and uh, i 'm sure we'll meet up along somewhere for for some fun
0: up as for concerts uh do you have any preference musically or will you see like any type of show if if you get a ticket to it
6: I will go to any show r a um but i definitely have a i definitely have like a vibe for for the music i like um my morning jacket pearl jam are like two of my favorite live kind of rock indie bands uh i'm going up to red rocks in august to watch my morning jacket play two shows red rocks is fucking unbelievable if anyone's never been there it's, it's a must-see venue that uh i saw odessa there two nights biz last year and that was incredible i think we all know how good that band is so hey what's a uh, couple dolly partons what's the de-
4: <laughs> what's the deal with uh with Red Rocks, like I, I know it looks, ins- but is it like built into the mountain or whatever?
6: It's a natural amphitheater with that has been there. F- it's been there forever, and it's people go do the people like run the stairs in the morning. People do yoga. Oh, it's out all there. like during Get the it open. It's all public. You can oh, go that's... out there when the shows aren't on. You can run up the stairs and do like hikes and workouts around there. They huh. do. They do morning sunrise yoga sessions they i mean it's truly like a breathtaking kind of just uh, spot in, in our country and to be able to have an amphitheater there that just kind of plays like up into the rocks and then from the distance you can see denver like you can see storms building from like fucking miles and miles away it's it's awesome so it's, it's cool when you're up there and you're you know you're smoking the the colorado wacky tobacco and you're enjoying yourself uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing it's a great uh great venue
3: sounds like a place that already needs to go um all right i'll bring you there i promise I, I'll, I'll jot that down on my memo pad but another thing that i have in my memo pad that i forgot to ask you last time and when i played with you obviously being a handsome guy handsome guy that you are sometimes you deal with uh, some stalkers And you specifically had one that they had to ask leave the arena. Jim O'Neill had to get sent out in Colorado to ask this girl to leave. Can you tell everyone about that stalker story?
6: Oh, Jesus. That goes way back, biz. But, yeah, there was a – when Twitter and – so this was probably 2007. But, anyway – This girl had a blog, like, right as blogs became popular, before Instagram kind of, you know, just as Twitter was, you know, catching stride, this girl had Psycho Hockey Bunny was her name. She had her own website, and she used to write blogs, like, weekly, and she would never mention names, Biz, if you can recall, but this girl was very detailed on the arenas she goes to. I think she went to a mall and the games she watched. Well, it just so happens that all the games she watched were the Phoenix Coyotes, and every seat that she sat in was right behind our bench. But she would never watch the game. She would sit with a notepad, and she would literally stare at her notepad and stare at someone on the bench for the Phoenix Cowboys. And that person ended up being me. And she, I think she watched probably 40 games that year. And finally, we're in Denver. And this is after she was, you know, through her words. She was a very, very smart writer, Biz, but a lot like yourself. And she, uh, she would write... She would write these like, these scripts of like cutting blonde girls' heads off with skates and like, like breaking her arms with hockey sticks and like in detailed fashion. So finally, I was I had a girlfriend at the time. I had to go to our I had to go to our. Uh, oh, by the way, I can see some dolphins out in the water, which is absolutely crazy. That's <laughs> but, that uh, I'm on the, I'm, I can see the ocean from my from my patio right here, and there's dolphins fucking swimming in the ocean, which is crazy. Anyway. Back to the psycho hockey bunny. She ends up uh, in Denver and sitting right behind her bench in warm-ups. And Jim O'Neill, one of the best guys around, our security guy for Phoenix Coyotes, he's like, after warm-ups, he grabs me, he's like, This is it. I'm gonna go, we're gonna interrogate her. I got the guys from the Colorado Avalanche. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go in and, and pull her into the room. And they pull this girl into the room and they interrogate her. And they're like, We know you're following a few of our players and writing like uh you know, hateful things online about them. You know, it's got to stop. And she just held her face stone cold in an an impressive fashion was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just write things online that have no meaning, no purpose, no nothing. And Jim O'Neill, like these guys have like guns and they're like, you know, a pretty intimidating room to be in. And this girl like held her composure and didn't do anything, but I got to say it was the last game she was ever at. And no other i mean the blog ended up going away washing away but hey, it was a lot how, was how was she
3: wasn't that bad i, I <laughs> mean, wasn't that bad i miss,
6: not <laughs> wasn't that great so i don't know if we want to give her above like a five but because she's a little crazy we'll give her an extra one maybe a six but i have she was she was something that i mean i had nightmares because she'd just stare at she'd stare at me on the bench and i'd be like this is crazy.
3: would be anyway. winking back, just stirring the pot.
6: <laughs> if she was really smart, she just would have went to the hotels and just waited for us in the lobby, right? I think a-
3: absolutely. But hey, that reminds me of another story of of, of ladies by the bench. Uh, do you have any any stories about you maybe picking anyone up in the midst of a game and then potentially bringing them back to the Super Eight? Just throwing it out there. The
6: Super <laughs> Eight to the Super <laughs> Eight. <laughs>
3: One that you, you own.
6: What? I do have a hotel that I own biz and you know what? There was one point in time when I was younger that I uh, that I happened to look back behind the bench to a girl sitting there, beautiful girl, with with her son, and I'm thinking, Oh, this is like a this is a family, this is totally like you know, this girl's here with her dad and so anyway, kid's cool, he's like all happy, we're scoring goals, we're up like four nothing in Edmonton. This is my hometown. And I'm like, oh, I should give this kid a puck. But the real the real me at the time was like, before I give the kid a puck, I should maybe tape like white tape around it, write my number on it with black marker so the kid like can have an autographed puck, but the girl can take the tape off with the number so the kid doesn't have to have my phone number on the puck, correct? You are, correct. We, are we
0: genius. Are we fucking genius you a veteran move? <laughs>
6: it's a genius play. So anyway, third period begins I have my trainer, she's they're sitting right right in the, you know, right in the hallway. I have my trainer, I'm like, hey, do me a favor, when you come out, toss this kid this puck, would you? And he sees the number wrapped around it and he laughs. He's like, You're you're fucking hilarious up dog. And anyway, I skate out, I flip him the puck. Some fans kind of like looking at it and they're like, Oh, that's nice, that's nice. And then they see the phone number and everyone starts laughing. And the the the, the girl sitting next to him, completely red faced, like blushing, just takes it off. And it, it was, I mean, it was hilarious and it was smooth. The only bad thing about that biz was McDavid. I'm playing McDavid at the time. And McDavid goes and scores a hat trick in the third period. And we end up fucking losing in overtime. We were up three, <laughs> nothing.
3: <laughs> it was a three, nothing league. Cause I had that jotted down on my memo pad and you guys blew yeah. it. Cause
6: it's a little while ago, but anyway, uh, I ended up, I ended up uh, meeting this girl, uh, that summer, she's a great girl and uh, good, great kid. So, anyway, he's a good hockey player around town. I'm sure he will uh, remember that puck for a long and, time.
3: And the Super 8 just ties in there somehow. We can leave enough up to be <laughs> for our listeners. Um, you got Larry Flowers in the room with you. Uh, that bar in in Philadelphia, they were all tuning in. The St. Louis blues uh, ended up posting it to their Instagram, the watch party video of them celebrating that OT goal. I mean, this has became national news. Now this whole glorious situation and Larry flowers was the, the the fucking centerpiece to it.
6: Can you believe that by the way? I mean, it it, it would only happen to flowers because he's fucking, he's the greatest guy and genuine and whatnot. And, the blues love flowers. Like it's been there. There is boys. And anyway, uh, I got to let him tell the story again, but it's, it's taken fucking some steam and it is flying through the news article. Right now. Boys. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> blue, flowers. Uh, they, they, listen, these guys are going, these guys are going, they're going nuts. It, 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 the way this thing is blown up is incredible. Um, these are all such good, good blue collar guys. All South Philly guys, and um, you know stuff like this doesn't happen every day. And, and they, this is the biggest thing that's happened to them in a long, long time. They're really embracing it. Like they, it meant a lot to them for me to bring um, some of the Blues players uh, to the bar during the Eagles playoff game, and uh, they've really taken a loving to this team. And it, it is full. They are a full-fledged St. Louis Blues bar now. They are. They call themselves Philly, uh, the Philly Blues. Um, they love it, and it, it's really a cool story. Um, I'm really they they love it man it's cool
3: yeah the bar the bar's called the Jack's NYB correct
2: yes that's it's the Jack's New Year's Brigade um you know it's a private members only club um and and the whole point of the club is that uh you know during New Year's there's a big parade in Philadelphia and they're, they're, they're part of that parade it's a big contest on who has the best floats and all that stuff and they they do an unbelievable job they won the whole thing uh, this past year, for the first time, and Gloria turned into their victory song. And so, when we were there with all the blues guys, you know, they were playing Gloria, and, and one of the boys uh, started saying, some screaming, "Play that, play Gloria, play Gloria." They loved it. They thought it was such a fun song, and they just kept replaying it, replaying it. And they brought it. The blues brought it back to the locker room, and it just took off, man. It's 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 crazy.
3: And the winning continued. And
0: RA, you got something? Yeah, it's Larry. What's up, brother? RA here is. What's up, brother? is like Philly getting pissed off all of a sudden as a St. Louis blues bar in Philadelphia. It doesn't sound like something that Philadelphia would take too kindly to.
2: I got to tell you, I think they're more pissed off with this whole Sixers thing going on right now. I don't think they're thinking too much about what's going on with St. Louis blues, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, but, um, no, I listen, it, it's, it, it's a really cool thing for all these guys and their friends and their families. And, um, you know, things going completely viral is they're, they're selling tons of t-shirts and, you know, all that money goes towards to the club. And they, they, they do a lot of nice things with the money. It's not just like they put it in their pocket. They're, they're, telling, they're selling tons of t-shirts um, and they do good things with it for the community. And uh, they're amazing guys and it couldn't happen to a better bunch of guys. It's a really cool thing. And uh, I'm personally, I'm so happy for the St. Louis Blues. Um, like up you said, I'm really, really close with that whole, with that whole team. And um, I couldn't they're just they're, they're so good and um they're good Holy guys shit,
3: this is a nice stroke off session by larry flowers well, larry
2: hey listen i <laughs> i've never i've never i've never been a part of an nhl locker room before i feel like oh, i am yeah, now yeah man.
3: just the after parties uh larry we got to ask you a favor can you have one more story to tee us up uh for for scotty upshaw give us a funny scotty upshaw story and and and, and put him up-dog. back
2: on the phone but you got to tee him up for it funny Updog story fuck
6: you're trying to get one out of me, Biz, yeah. that you are probably part of, aren't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, tell, tell one that ends with Biz getting laid, Larry. That's the one that Biz loves. Never happened.
6: Or well, we'd have to go way back.
0: Oh, fuck you, Uppy. <laughs>
6: hey, I know you do well, buddy. You're you're a talker. Like, it's like your profession.
0: That, you're you're a that eater gets
6: you're worked. Better, just, it's a good thing you're a good talker, though, Biz, let's be honest, right?
2: I... I I can't think of a specific story off top, but I can tell you this. Live flowers doesn't do any better ever than when I was hanging around the updog, which is why I came out here last week. I, I miss my boys and I miss loops and Obi and uh, and Uppy and I come out here and anytime I'm around the updog, it's let's just say it's not that hard to meet abroad. Um,
6: so
2: <laughs> we, I would we, say we have a lot of fun. Now. I
3: would say Uppy and Loop are, are walking residual kills. That's that's all I got to say about it. Even when I just went to that Due West, I ended up pulling one out of there just because their aura was in there. Well, um, we, we want to say bye. We got to wrap this thing up. Uh, we want to thank both of you for hopping on and uh, wish you guys nothing but the best in, in your uh, run with the Blues and hopefully they can make it to the finals. And, hey, maybe we all meet up in St. Louis and uh, me uh, we can go rub el- elbows with John Hamm
6: hundred percent. let's not rub uh, rub cocks with him because he he
0: beats us in that category. All right, Thanks for coming money. on, boys. Hopefully see you soon. Cheers, boys. That interview was also brought to you by Indochino. Guys, the best way to feel confident about yourself is to have a nice flashy suit. And that's what Indochino is ideal for. Indochino is the world's most exciting made to measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. If you're looking to get married, Indochino has tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. Guys love the wide selection of high quality fabrics and colors to choose from, not to mention the option to personalize the details, including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram. Here's how it works. You visit a stylist at a showroom. There's over 40 showrooms in North America. You have them take your measurements personally, or you can measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. You choose your fabric inside and out. You choose your design customizations, submit your measurements with your choices, and then you relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. This week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when entering Chicklets at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code CHICKLETS for any premium suit for just $379 and free shipping. It's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. (music)
4: Thank you very much to the up dog. Um, I'm just happy that he's playing golf. I, I said, was there any rust out there? He thought I meant him skating. I'm like, no, no bro. I didn't have the heart to tell you. I just care about golf. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for coming on. Uh, we appreciate that. And this is uh, this was going on while we were watching a pretty special Game 7 in San Jose. Man Jose. And what a win they got. Joe Pavelski, biz. Oh. Back in the
3: lineup. I mean, talk about getting the juices flowing, a little bit of uh, adrenaline in the the system, especially for the fans, man. That's their leader. He's been there forever. Um, You know, one of the the core members of that group. And not only him back in the lineup, but him getting the start, too. And when they called out his name, the fans went, banana lands. That's a two-count for this episode. And uh, boys are fired up. And sure as shit, the guy ends up tipping one in early with. The guy's a magician with that thing.
4: Best tipper in the league.
3: And, well, second best according to Scotty Upshaw because he's like Schwartzy in St. Louis. Get well,
4: either way, up. they're both near the top. Uh, I'll give them both mad cred. Mad cred. I heard somebody get yelled at on Barstool Radio that day for saying Mad Granelli. Tough word to keep using, like like I just did. Yeah, but um, but we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Pavelski's assist then was just as nice, dude. He he's he's creating the entire time. He looked great out there. Like usually you see rust. A little bit? No, <laughs> the guy came back and <laughs> he was the best player on the ice. I've said he's good at everything. He's the guy that just drives you nuts. That just makes you say, hey, "Why can't I be more like Joe Pavelski?" So incredible game, Colorado. got fucked, boys. Uh, maybe I mean I, I don't understand. I, I I see all these tweets coming out and in the, in the NHL statement that says that they don't that they decided that he never tagged up. Like I don't know, dude. Is that what his rules really for?
3: So, I, I, I listened to Elliot Freeman talk about it, and what he said was, because the, the, the offensive door, which would be the forwards door, is all the way inside the offensive zone, and that's obviously the way the building's designed in San Jose, when the puck came back outside the blue line, Lannisgog, technically with the toe of his skate, ended up touching up, because they, that, that showed. So he seems to think they got the call wrong. And obviously because the, 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 the full gate is inside the San Jose zone, he had to finally end up getting inside of it, which would have made him offside. But considering he's a changing player, he, he tagged up. He's no longer a part of the equation. So I don't know the, the exact ruling or definition on it. The way Elliot Friedman made it sound was that they kind of got it wrong. Like, he, he technically touched up. So some of you are going to tweet me that I'm wrong. Some of you may, in fact, be wrong also by tweeting me that. But uh, it, that would have made the game 2-2 at the time. And after losing McKinnon early and going down 2 nothing, that would have been a, a big swing in momentum. And then sure as shit, the goal doesn't count. And then they end up going down 3-1 RA
0: and they were really never, ever uh, able to recuperate. Yeah, it's brutal. And like what said, that's, that wasn't the intention of the rule to have games swing on this. It was such a bullshit thing. He has absolutely nothing to do with the play. He has no effect on it. Uh, you know, it, it's it sucks that guys are getting screwed. I mean, teams are getting screwed. It's altering the future of these games or the, how these games would play out. I mean, it's not not only because I had money on Colorado. That's fine, whatever. It would have been nice to see them tie the game. But, yeah, it just sucks that these rules are are fucking with people. But we got to give a shout-out to Kale McCaw. Uh, he had the assist on Gabriel Landeskog's overtime game winner in Game 6, by the way. That gave us a Game 7. Uh, he made a nice little pass to Landeskog. He earned $107,500 performance bonus for playing in 10 playoff games. Tonight was the 10th game, but his assist led to the tie goal, so he got a nice fucking bonus from
3: Holy himself. shit. That's better than Pisey's empty netter. Or, or no, it's not. How much did no. you say? 107,500. 107. No, Pisey's empty netter was worth what? Fighting 400. That's
4: crazy. Even 120. That guy's going to go. Colorado's going to spend gonna be more advanced, money on training you know. with it. Hey, Colorado's got a couple of years here where uh, they're going to be unreal. They're going to be <laughs> very good. That McKinnon is a full blown video game and he's making like 6 million bucks. I know. It sucks. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's. You've seen with the Bruins. I mean, Bergeron. They all. He like started it. They all make like six, seven million. So if that's going to be the case in Colorado, I mean, what a team they're going to have. Especially they got the high pick this year because of that Ottawa trade with for Duchesne. And and just going back to the gate
3: changing thing, I'll I'll tell you this. I might have been a dog shit player, but I never went to the middle of the bench. I would always stay by the gate. And sometimes my linemates hated it, but I said, hey. Two things. I play four minutes. I'm going to make sure that gate's open for every single guy who's playing legitimate ice time up front. I'm going to make sure there's a water bottle if they need it. And if my live mate wants to get mad about it, just shout down when it's our turn up and I'll make sure I do not miss the shift. Sometimes they would forget to let me know and they'd be in the middle and then we'd have four guys out there and Tip would be like, "Bass, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I was worried about the gate, coach. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And and then my my heart rate would be already 180 starting my shift. So I was really fucked. That was usually a 10, 15 second shift for me. I didn't go longer than 20 though. Uh, but you like uh, the
0: bounce the of bounce the bench, basically
3: I was buddy. I was the bouncer, of the bench. I was one thing I was good at. You can ask any, any teammate had. And also by doing it, considering I only played four or five minutes, it kept me involved in the game because every shift I was making sure when guys are changing, coming off. So never was I just sitting there like the players who were filtering through the bench. When Lanniscog was looking for the gate latch, that door would have been open. I would have had my fucking, uh, My um, Canne Brands CBD lotion ready for his foot rub. He would have been sucking back on Gatorade water. Christ, if he wanted a concoction of half and half, I would have had that going for him. If he needed a sniffer, it would have been under his nose. And I took care of my boys. So Avalanche bench, man, come on.
4: Wake the fuck up. You were were like clanging and banging, but that's not like being physical on the ice. It's actually just clanging and banging the iron from like the the bench. Just like correct. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Correct. It was okay. always open. And, uh, boys, I think it would be a disgrace if we didn't mention Tomas Hurdle in the oh, last. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had two tucks the other night. He has a goal and an apple in this one. This guy, they're firing on a lot of cylinders.
0: Yeah, he's got four points in game sevens already this playoffs. And I just want to give, actually, a little shout-out to Colorado. They played to the fucking bitter end, man. I mean, they almost tied that game late. They were scratching and clawing trying to get that thing tied up. But, like you said, with their their future's bright. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, I, I don't know if he just didn't – Trained too good for a couple of years. He kind of, you know, fell off a little. But whatever, whatever words of wisdom Sid Crosby gave him, they worked wonders. And uh, this kid's a fucking treat to watch. And I'm looking forward to watching Colorado in the future. Uh, how about Mark Hedwood Vlasic? He had uh, three goals in 72 regular season games this year. He's got three goals in 11 playoff games already, including two the other night. Uh, it's great to see defensive defensemen guys who, you know, sometimes go unheralded to get a little glory getting a couple cookies this time of year. Well, that's when you know things are going right for the San
3: Jose Sharks. Not only are they firing on a lot of cylinders, they got a guy like Vlasic chipping in offensively. He ended up having two tucks. He had two tucks in, in one one game, correct?
0: Yeah, game
4: uh game six. Yeah, was it game six? He had two tucks. Hey, and in this a redemption story from early in the playoffs, very early. Now that you look at it, but Martin Jones. Career Game 7 numbers now, 3-0, 1.82 goals against, and a 931 save percentage. That guy shows up in the biggest moments. So he's been, he's been exactly what they've needed, and they've gotten timely scoring, Couture's unreal there. They are a good, they are a good team, and I think like them in St. Louis is going to be an unreal series. I don't know who I'm picking yet. I don't know who I'm picking, but it's going to be a battle.
6: The High Noon El Prez Pack is here, featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Seltzer flavors. These flavors include
0: passion fruit, pineapple, pear, and all-new flavor, tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you
6: can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit highnoonspirits.com to find the El Prez Pack nearest you.
0: Yeah, do you want to jump into that preview now? Might as well. Might as well, seeing as you brought it up. Uh, In the season series, St. uh, Louis-San Jose, the Sharks beat the Blues in two out of the three meetings. Uh, As far as playoff series, the Blues are 2-3 and all-time versus the Sharks. They lost the Western Conference Finals to them uh, back in 2016 in six games. Uh, I haven't checked the odds yet because the game literally just ended. Um, but pff, geez, I haven't even—I don't even know who I'm going to pick. This is a uh, another coin flip. But it seems like every series St. Louis is in is a coin flip. They're so well evenly matched. Biz, what uh, what do you take on this series? I, I,
3: I'm I'm going to predict that St. Louis wins this series in seven games. I think it right is. now, yeah, on I, the road, they're going to win on the road game seven. I, I just I think that there's a, a lot of things going really well for them right now. Um, I I mean I really have no no. No positives over the over San Jose. This is such an evenly matched series. Both teams are playing very good hockey. Um, come back to
4: me. I don't even know what the fuck to say, dude. That's the thing about predicting, like, and talking about this type of series. Nobody out there has a fucking clue who's going to win this series. Anyone who tries telling you, oh, the Sharks are going to win because they got the two most the two the two best D in the series and blah blah and the, or the Blues are going to win, Tarasenko can't be covered by anyone. Shut up. Nobody knows. These two teams are both nasty. They're both playing great and 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 by the way, I think that St. Louis is easily the number one team since since you know january 3rd when they were in last place san jose's got to be up there they struggled a little bit at the end of the year but man they played great so i think that it's completely evenly matched i for some reason, I think on paper, San Jose is probably a better team, but I'm going with St. Louis too. I think St. Louis wins the series. It's Something's magical going on around that team. So Sharks fans are just loving life right now.
3: And, and a quick reminder too, I picked both those teams to meet. I picked San Jose to win that Colorado series, and, and I finally got a few right. Um, R.A., what, what do you think? I don't think? know about my pick. R.A.'s got, R.A.'s got the juice this offseason.
0: Yeah, although you, you slowed down a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I went two, two and two this last round. I had Boston and Carolina both won, but I lost both my picks out west. I think Dallas I went three of, and one. Uh, but what I, I did actually make a smart move before last night. I'm sorry, uh, Tuesday night's game. I did put some money on the, the – who, who the fuck it was? home. No, oh. well, San Jose, I put money on San Jose and in St. Louis late. They were five to one. Um, I put a, I put some dough on. So basically I'm guaranteed to cash a ticket after the Stanley cup. It just depends on how much. So I, I put a thousand on each of those two. So a, a little bit of a hedge to pay for, you know, a Colorado ticket. So I'm going to make some sort of money. It might only be a couple thousand. If, uh, if the bees or Carolina wins, it'll be, it'll be substantial. So, uh, but back to the lecture at hand. Um, San Jose, St. Louis. Uh, San, San Jose gets the edge on D. I mean, they got Burns and Carlson. I know how good uh, Petrangelo is and Perico is good, but Burns and Carlson are Burns and Collison. So San Jose gets the edge there. Uh, I think the forwards are maybe a wash. There's, they got some high-end talent with both guys. I mean, what fucking Hurdle and um, Couture doing right now is absolutely unbelievable, but... I think they're pretty even in the goalies. I'm inclined to say they're a wash, but I might give a slight edge to Bennington just because he's been so fucking light. It's close. He hasn't had really any blemishes where again, I'm not picking on Jones, but earlier in the playoffs, he did get pulled twice. Bennington hasn't. So I'll give a slight nod to Bennington, Uh, but I like St. Louis. Uh, I didn't pick either one of these teams yet. So I have to pick against one team three separate times. And I'm sorry. It's San Jose, but uh, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues in six games. Wow, no one, I mean,
3: other than if Grinnelli were to go for San Jose. But, I mean, that was a pretty good breakdown, R.A. Right. The reason why I couldn't even think of anything to say is because I think they're evenly matched all the way through. And and in defense, people might argue that, you know, they got Burns and Carlson. But I think that the overall team defense and, and, and the depth of St. Louis defense um, – outweigh maybe the riverboat gambler style of, of of burns and carlson and and i'm like i said I'm, I'm crazier about st louis's depth and 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 not only that but st louis's overall team game defensively in order to limit shots i mean you saw what they did against dallas and uh, i i think that that's going to continue and to me the 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 better overall team D and including maybe a minuscule advantage in net because of how Jones has been playing as of late would, would go to St. Louis. And that's why I'm picking them in seven games. But I, I think this is going to be a heavyweight bout and I'm, I'm extremely excited to see how this one turns out.
4: It, it, it doesn't really matter in the end because whoever moves on, it'll be a great storyline as long as the Bruins move on, because I hate to say it, Bruin St. Louis is unreal. They played in 1970, correct, R.A.?
0: That is correct.
4: So, right, St. Louis has never won a cup. Would be unreal going in. Bruin San Jose, are you kidding me? Joe Thornton going for his cup against a team who stupidly traded him away. If Carolina gets it done, man, storyline takes a little bit of a hit. People aren't going to like me for that. I'm just being honest.
0: What's the pick in how many games?
4: I said St. Louis, I'm going seven. I think they went on the road like this, game seven. Hey, fellas, before we get to the next series, I want to talk to you about Ship Station.
0: Uh, As you know, here at Boston, we love us some merch. Here at Chiplets, we're always throwing out some new T-shirts, some new duds. But to be honest, shipping out merch to you guys is a pain in the ass, and it's friggin' expensive. When we when should we use UPS, FedEx, the post office? It's confusing as hell, but then we found out about ShipStation.com. It's the number one choice of online sellers like us. The fastest, easiest, the most affordable way to get your stool merchandise. And with ShipStation, you can ship out a lot more stuff and a lot less time for a lot less money. ShipStation helps get orders out quickly and keep our grumpy-ass customers happy. Whether you're selling on your own website like us, or Amazon, Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, or over 90 other popular selling channels, ShipStation brings all the orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone. ShipStation helps you figure out the best way to ship every package and create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, USPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. They even offer discounts on shipping costs, the same posted discounts usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. Right now, try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code Chicklets. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Chicklets. That's ShipStation.com. Enter Chicklets. ShipStation. Get ship done. All right, uh, we got our predictions in, and we got one more preview to look at. Carolina, Boston. Uh, by the way, the, the lines aren't up yet for uh, St. Louis and San Jose, so I can't give any odds on it. What's up, Biz? Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. I forgot to mention earlier
3: in the episode with Columbus going down and the Islanders in the first round. I might have said this last episode, but uh, that makes it five in in, uh, in the new what is it? Turn of the century? Is that how I say? The new century. Twenty the the first century. Yeah. where where a team who has swept a team in the first round has gone on to the next round to meet a team that went seven games and got beat. You know, you think, oh, all that rest they have, and they just swept a team. Things are going great. Nope. 0-5 0-5 now those teams are. So very interesting stat and one to uh, keep in mind in
0: uh, futures bets. Yeah, speaking of futures bets, I just looked at my account just to see if there was a lineup, and I was way down. I was like, holy shit, because I, I had my Colorado future, my Colorado series bet, and my fucking Celtics future all all got posted tonight. So it's pretty ugly oh, right awesome. now, but all right it's not sunday night i was gonna say wait i got friday saturday and yeah. sunday to catch yeah, it all it back is so. now to get typical to get degenerate all right boys carolina boston hey you know what 10 years ago today boys all well, well fucking may 8th i got married down alito key sarasota the week of we were all down florida the bruins were playing carolina hurricanes in a second round matchup here it is my 10th anniversary the same two teams are meeting again in the playoffs for the first time since i got married just a weird little fucking side note Uh, It's the fifth time the franchises have squared off in the playoffs and the third since um, Hartford moved down to Carolina. Bruins beat the Whale twice, uh, 90-91, and then they've split since the two series in Carolina. Uh, But it's the first time these two teams have played each other for the right to go to the Stanley Cup final. Former regional rivals in the season series, the Bruins won two of the three matchups. On the gambling side of things, the bees are a 7-8 favorite. means you have to put up 160 to make 100 on the Bruins or you put up 100 to make 140 on the Canes. Uh, of course, the Bruins are going to start the series without their stud defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, suspended for a game for a check to the hit to the head of uh, Josh Anderson. That's going to be a big loss. Biz, what do you got shaking on this one, brother?
3: But if you think I'm betting against – I know I've bet against Boston twice. I've I've picked against them in the first two rounds of playoffs. And Boston fans are probably like, no, Biz, pick the other team, pick the other team. But there is not a chicken dick's chance that I can pick Carolina (laughs) in this series. All signs point to Boston. The only snowball chance in hell that Carolina wins this series because, guys, come on, even if you're a Carolina fan, you can't think that you have the advantage – And if you had to bet your life on it, you're going to think Carolina wins. Unless you're going to go on that sure bit of hope that that team camaraderie and that magic that's going down in Carolina is going to overcome the Boston Bruins. That's all that's going to do it. Carolina is a little bit banged up. I know they've been playing unbelievable as a team. But, guys, Boston is built to win a fucking championship. This wasn't supposed to be Carolina's year. They brought it this far. I think the magic runs out, and and I'm not trying to be negative. And if they end up winning, I have no skin in the game. I don't care, other than the fact that we might have went to another viewing party in Boston, and I might have had another weekend where I drank 1,000 drinks, and I don't need to talk about that other shit that went down. <laughs> I don't need to talk about that last-minute talk that I had where a girl was messaging me naughty things and saying, can I come over to your hotel room and suck the dick off your torso? No,
0: I don't need don't to, want talk to talk about, about that. that.
3: I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I don't need to talk about her sending me pictures on via DM when it was in her thong It had Degrade Me written, and, and she sent that over, and that was the hook, line, and sinker that might have made me miss degrade my grade. Me, fight. She said, wrote Degrade, degrade Me? me? That's the call. It said, it. It, said it on the th- it it on the thong, and that's when I'm like Jesus Christ. I might miss that free meal on that first class ticket that New Amsterdam vodka bought with the Pink Whitney sales going through the goddamn roof at whatever fucking place we were at. I don't know, man. But that's that's. The-
2: that's your I mean, rundown of are the you guys, Are you
3: guys are, – are, is the magic in Carolina going to tr- deprive me from another weekend of getting my ween sucked off? Come on, man. There's no way. I, Don't I th- do it to me, Hurricanes.
4: I, uh, Biz, what? I mean, I think that, like, at this point, the Bruins just have to win to get you back into town. I, I mean, they'd be selfish not to. Who wouldn't want to see you just go dark again for a couple of nights? Just a dark, I, dark place by I dark never man. Like, no, for the love of God. Please, no, please. no, God. Uh, I don't see how Carolina can beat the Bruins. Um, <laughs> this is like, as I'm saying this, I see, you know, I just could picture this clip being played back when Carolina wins, but I just don't see it happening. It kind of reminds me of when Pittsburgh um, – Pittsburgh got them in the conference final, I think, in 2009, and they kind of just worked them over. I, like, my pick's Boston and five. I think Boston's a, a – Way better team. And just seeing that first line, like, if if they're going to continue from the last two games of that series, which, I mean, I'm guessing they're all feeling healthy now. Fuck, look at them. Kidding me? They're snapping around. It's like a circus. So I I, I think that Carolina has to at least split on the road. Um, if they get beat, two, you know, in the first two games in Boston, look out.
0: Yeah, man. I, I know, obviously, Bruins home, blah, blah, blah. I've fucking been hearing it for three weeks now. I mean, it's only in my Twitter handle, Rear be'es blog. But yeah, I mean, the Bruins, they're just a, a better team. They got better D. I know Slavin and, and uh, Hamilton have been unreal, uh, but the B's got slightly better D core overall. They got certainly have way more experience. Uh, they got better forward depth. Tuca's is probably the leader in the clubhouse for the Conn Smythe right now. Uh, I think the Bruins smell blood. They know the time is now. You know, this is their window. I mean, Carolina probably just opened up their window, but the Bruins know these. They're not going to get many more chances like this. Uh, too many kicks at the can. Bergeron, Chara, Krejci, uh, Tuka, Marchand, all these guys. They've been a core for you know uh, a decade now, and you know this could be their last shot at a cup, and I think they know that. I think they're gonna come out hungry. I think they're they gelling perfect and I like the bees in five myself.
3: I completely agree with the comment that this is probably their last kick of the can. Like things aren't gonna be as good. Like there's gotta be some point of deterioration for Patrice Bergeron, although he is crushing pints out of the fountain of youth. Because this guy isn't slowing down. I, I gave the numbers earlier in the podcast, but I mean, I, I'm going to pick Boston and seven, and give Carolina the benefit of the doubt, and say that the magic is is still there. I just don't think it's enough to come overcome the the, the Goliath, which is the Boston Bruins compared to what what Carolina is working with. And I, I go back to it; like they, they, they're banged up a little bit. They got some guys out of the lineup.
4: Yeah, great I, point, I, Biz. It It is it is so true that next year, Tampa's coming back with a vengeance. Toronto's going to be good. Florida has Quenville. They're going to be good. They're going to get free. Like, I guarantee the Panthers are, are good next year with Joe Quenville behind the bench. And uh, so, yeah, this window is is, is coming shut. It's, it's going to be shutting very soon if it's not this year. And I just think they're just a better team. All right, what about Kevin Miller? Is he out for the...
0: I reported before the playoffs started that he was out for the entirety of the playoffs. Some people disputed my report. I stand by it. Uh, he won't be playing at all. Um, okay, that's that's what I've been told. I know people doubted it, but we haven't seen him. We haven't. I don't even know if he's been skating. So yeah. I don't. expect no, to, I, know. I, I just, wouldn't expect to see him for the duration of the playoffs.
4: Yeah, he'd be making. He'd be making a difference, even with the solid play they're getting. But yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. I don't. I know me picking uh, the Bruins at five sounds like I got zero respect for Carolina. That's not true i just think that the, it's just they're it's early in their run and what, what they could do in the next few years and boston's a better team
3: the one thing that carolina does have going for them is the fact that i've bet against the bees both in the first and second round and now i haven't might have there might be an east coast mush because i got both of my picks wrong in the in the in the in the second round on the east and i might even got everyone wrong in the first round so <laughs> fucking uh I might, you might, you might have given the biz
0: curse. Sorry, bees fans. I want to come back. Don't blame well, me. We'd, we'd love to have you. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you, there's no better time than when the Bruins are, are going this deep on a huge playoff run. The weather's getting better. Everybody's just in a good mood, partying, boozing. I can't wait, man. I'm going to be able to get to go to every fucking game. I'm psyched. Uh, You're going to Carolina. Well, I, mean, I mean, every home game. I'd say, man. Okay. And and stuff.
3: Would a would a Spit and Checklets podcast uh, be complete without a, a quick? Arizona Coyotes plug. Richard Ponick scored one of the sickest shootout goals that I've ever seen. I, I've watched it probably. I still don't even understand times. how he did it. And and if, if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter or Instagram. Did we post it to our uh, Chicklets account on Instagram?
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Go check it. it out. He he comes down the shootout and he in in one quick motion he it looks like he's gonna flip his stick over and just toes it right between the goalie's five hole. Caught him sleeping. <sighs>
0: Must have had a bam, bam. And uh, check it out. That's all I got to say. Uh, as far as the gambling corner, um, I'm not taking the Bruins. They're 160. I, I do like them to win the series, but I'm not going to lay that price, especially where I have a future to win the cup already on them. And uh, San Jose, St. Louis, the line's not out yet. Uh, I personally think it's going to be a pick em. Maybe San Jose might be a, a tiny bit of a favorite, but uh, I'm going to take uh, St. Louis uh, in that series. I'm going to take them for uh Fuck it, we'll save five units on St. Louis, um, and we're going to take them in Game One as well for two and, and a half. Units. Gonna say, I was just going to say, I I just have an itch and a
3: gambling itch that I would take them Game One in the, in the tank.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can jump on ball with me, Biz, if you want. I'm not I'm not yeah, afraid. Absolutely you it. not. Just wear a rubber. I work too hard for my money. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, any other notes for the for the weekend? Any other. Oh,
3: like I have a few things. Well, Ken Holland got hired by the Edmonton Oilers, boys. We can talk about that uh, before we get into the 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 whole like hockey side of it. Just be careful sometimes what you, you you initially write on Twitter. Apparently, that Daryl Cates, I, I I was unaware of it. Obviously, I saw how how rough he looked at the the press conference. Mm-hmm. He's been dealing with like a deadly. Uh, bacteria virus in his sinuses he's gotten like four or five surgeries he still has one surgery to complete uh it looked like his face had been stung by bees but like don't always be the one to shotgun when ripping a guy of someone's appearance listen i'm not the 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 knight in shining armor either sometimes i've done it just be weary so uh, you know you know, prayers go out to him. Hopefully he can get through this thing. I don't know how serious it is still, but he's been walking around with like an IV bag and and this shit's pretty serious.
4: How about Ken Holland? Like I, I, well, how old is he around 60, 63, 65? Great.
0: Yeah. I think, I think he's in his early sixties.
4: Either way. The guy's done it all. He's like Hall of Famer. He's one of the best GMs of all time. He had a deal making three $3 million a year for the next three years with the wings. Like this guy's got plenty of money credit to him and his work ethic dude wanting to go do this i know it's a lot of money dude but like that guy doesn't really need it i'm sure and i I'm, i just know for myself 63 i'm swinging them every day winters down south summer <laughs> up north i will not be gm of the edmonton oilers but this dude just wants to win he's a competitor he's done it before and he'll see if he can do it again it would be an unreal story
3: I don't know much about him behind the scenes. He seems like a pretty level-headed, cool, uh, calm, and collected guy. But that, that move screams to me, oh, you thought the last one might have been a fluke? Let's fucking roll, baby. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this, this
0: shit sandwich in Edmonton, <laughs> and I'm going to turn it into chicken salad, baby. Yeah, it's a professional challenge to him to take a team that's an uh, an absolute fucking mess right now, roster-wise, salary cap-wise, but also has the best player on the planet into let's cra- craft this into a winner. Let's make a champion out of this, like almost like Molden Clay biz And uh, I I think it's great. It's a great challenge for him. He, he did a, a tremendous job in Detroit. Uh, obviously, he had great players, but you also have to get the other players to come in and play with those guys. So, uh, I, I'm interested to see how he does it. I'm glad that he's there because uh, anything's better than what they've been doing up there.
3: Yeah, and, and also in my comments, don't think for a minute what he did in, in Detroit was, was anything to sneeze at. Like He sustained the test of time, but you know there's always some goofballs around there who are like, ah, well, he inherited good teams. They, they drafted, well. blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> let's see if he can do it again. I bet you he can, and I'm excited for the Edmonton Oilers. They got a little bounce, and then Hitchcock's not coming back. Who the fuck did they go get as head coach, guys?
0: Yeah. Um, shit,
4: who's out there? I mean. I don't think. I mean. I
0: think they should make a stab at going s-
3: someone young and, and, and up and coming.
4: I think that they should do one thing and talk to Connor McDavid about <laughs> what he thinks. That's all I think that they should do.
0: <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just that's a make good make idea.
4: Sure that he's cool with whatever you're doing. Uh, that would be my, my thought to the Edmonton on brass. Biz, uh, I'm sorry, what? Which, uh, which, let's switch gears a little. What's been your
0: take on Game of Thrones lately? There's been a lot of pissing and moaning about it. I know we haven't caught up. Huh? I, I wanted you Dude, to take I it. don't
3: watch that. Do we have to talk about Game of Thrones? It takes over Twitter for three days a week. It's painful. <laughs> fuck that. Like, I don't care what the fuck you're watching that much. I don't care that they forgot a Starbucks cup or whatever coffee cup on some table in the medieval times who cares yeah, I, don't know. I don't know how people
4: cared that like people how didn't care that about that coffee in my eyes after reading twitter on a fucking if monday you cared about that you have problems <laughs> i i mean i i, I like the show like i'm so when i hear people arguing i think it's the weirdest thing like it's just a, i don't know i'm not like i i don't i i'm not like that die hard where i'm like dissecting every little last thing. I've enjoyed it. I, I think that it's been, been fun, maybe not as great as the seasons before, but it's still entertaining as fuck to me. I just want to see who gets that thrown. Um, <laughs> one thing I, we haven't mentioned that I kind of want to talk about, and since we just were on the topic
3: of, of GMs, was Yarmo in, in Columbus's post-game comments about Panarin and Mabrowski basically had the tone of, of fuck them. They don't want to be here. Let them go. I try to sign them for, for a while now. And, and if you don't want to be in Columbus, I don't care about you. I'm just focused about growing this team back. And I, I mentioned before, I, I wouldn't have done what he, do, he did because I feel like the move was, was, was holding. And I know he didn't want to be a pussy and keep saying, oh, fuck, look at them. They, they, they almost made it again. Uh, but I, I got to respect the huge sack on the guy for trying it and put him in the wheelbarrow and, and acquiring
0: all those guys at the deadline. Yeah, it feels like they made actual progress, too, this year. I mean, obviously, they never won a series, so anything would be progress. But, you know, it sucks that they're going to lose – well, potentially lose those three, four guys. But I don't know. I think Columbus is going to be just looked at in a little bit of a different light. Their fans showed up. Their fans but did a tremendous job. Uh, fans,
3: what? I, I, I can't agree with you in a sense where like you're saying they're going to be able to attain free agents and good ones that want to play in Columbus rather than other major
4: markets where they no, get to have. Do no. you think they're going to be pretty ah. good still.
0: Uh, well, I'm saying I think they're going to be decent. I, I also think their stock might have went up in the eyes of maybe fans and maybe around the league a little oh, bit. I know course. obviously they didn't do a, a ton, but I think, you know, they were able, they were able to host a second-round series for the first time. I thought the fans, they sold out. They made a lot of noise. And, and online, their fans weren't absolute idiots. They were actually pretty nice to deal with, so I, I enjoyed interacting with them. Uh, but yeah i mean we 've talked about it before we, we like to see teams do good, and uh hopefully that Columbus you know can keep building off this even if they, they are going to lose maybe three of their best players it, it's
3: yeah crazy. yeah my my opinion was strictly hockey based it wasn 't on the fact of how how accomplished the season was, and you 're happy for the fan base i'm I, Of course, I am too i don 't want anything of anything of what I said to not reflect that what i 'm saying is is. Are there, is that going to be a hockey town in the next couple of years? Are they going to be struggling to make playoffs? Because they're not, they're not only losing potentially to Zingle. Duchesne has made comments that he's considering returning. They're going to lose their Vesna goalie, two-time Vesna winner. And, and of course, Panarin, who's, who's like top 10 in the league, maybe maybe top 20 to be safe. Like, they're losing significant pieces. Dubinsky's not getting any younger. Um, like, I mean – like they're going to have they're going to have some major holes to fill in order to be a playoff team and next thing you know based on that sacrifice that he made in order to try to go run the distance with those guys in place this year he might have set them back from making playoffs two maybe even three years so that that's all I'm saying and trying to evaluate here i
4: still commend him on making a ballsy move yeah no doubt it was ballsy dude i didn't tell you guys So I had a couple of buddies listen to the episode with Ned and they were like, how did you not tell the Mexico story? And I'm so mad I forgot to get it like his version of it. But basically the last night we were in Cabo, he came with me and and our other buddy and like Taylor Hall was with us and a bunch of guys. And we had a blast. So the last night I was like, dude, I, I got to go home. Like, I'm done. We're flying back. We have practice tomorrow, whatever it was. So he's like, all right. Well, the the bill ends up getting like, I don't know, way more than they could afford. I didn't, they didn't have my credit card. So he like sweet talked this like Mexican like table bottle service guy that he would he would give him his watch, which was ten thousand dollars. And I'll come back with the with money tomorrow. You know, and get my watch back. Like, you can hold it as collateral. Dude, it was an $83 fossil watch. Like, somehow he got out of this. So it was a ridiculous watch. story. So he tells us the story in the morning. And then, we, we, you know, he's got this flight. So he's leaving earlier in the lobby. You know, we're saying goodbye in the lobby. Then we're going out to the beach. We're going out to lay around before our flight later. So so we're chilling out on the beach or we were out maybe on another boat. I don't remember all of a sudden. Yeah, we were out on another boat. That's what it was. And all, all of a sudden, I see a boat flying at us. I'm like, what is going on? And just turns up, rips up next to us, wake coming up. It's Ned behind the fucking driver's seat of this boat. I'm like, dude, whose boat is that? He's like, bro, I need your room key. My wallet's in the room. I got to get my wallet for my ID. I'm going to miss this flight. I was like, no joke, I gave my room key. He was, mmm. I didn't even get to find out whose boat it was at the time. He somehow got a boat and, and then ripped away in the boat. And me and the other buddy were just like, what? happened?" How was, was Ned just in a boat coming and getting... How did, it? Hey,
3: hey, but that... Whoa, time out. That goes back to the bouncer story, how he could talk anyone to anyone? Yes, Talk exactly. someone giving them Dude, his even,
2: boat.
4: I ended up talking to him. I'm like, hey, do you even know how to drive a boat? He's like, not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I just so, so mad that, like, that was a problem <laughs> to
3: get his side of it. Oh, oh God. That is, is such that. a good way to end the episode. But, but... I mentioned something that Pasha brought up, and he, and he actually messaged somebody on Twitter about it for their professional opinion based on the new um, offer sheet compensation. Have you guys seen the compensation? No, I haven't. No. Seen. So, um, you know, the, the conversation ended up being Marner, but if I'll, I'll, I won't go too deep all the way to like if you offer a guy 1.4 million because like fuck, nobody's getting offer sheeted for 1.4 million. <laughs> Um, if you offer a guy between 4.2 and 6.3, you get a first and third rounder if, if he ends up accepting it, accepting it and then you don't match it. Um, all the way up to the top, which is 8.5 million to 10.5, just over 10.5, you get two firsts, a second, and a third. So I believe it used to be four firsts in yeah, between. That's changed. So that's a big shift. That's, That's a fucking massive That's shit. Great for the players. So so what Pasha was tweeting at a guy said if I'm if I'm New Jersey, they have a shit ton of cap space left, they would offer Sheet Marner, which I was like, "Ah, I don't know if now is the time, but wait, they just got Jack Hughes because they got the first overall pick. So they get him 3 years on an entry level deal. I think they only have Halsey on a one year left, maybe two. That's where it went shaky for me. Where I'm like, I don't know if he's coming back, but hey, for, for a year, you would have Halsey, Marner, uh, who's the, the, the other Hughes. Uh, Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes, oh, he yeah, sure? he, he's, he's here. Sure? He's here. Sure. They, they, they would have some massive weapons up front, and you don't get a player like Marner every day where even if you offer him like 10 million for seven years. I mean, you're, you're in the East. You might as well try to put Toronto in a bit of a bind. You might Because like, if they're going to have to pay a, a Marner 10.5, the ship's going to implode somewhere. They're not going to be able to get that back-end guy that they want because they're going to have to pay Morgan Riley. So at least you put another team in a bit of a handcuff situation that should have been the, the creme de la creme for the next four or five years in the Eastern Conference. Now you're hemming them up a bit.
4: The teams better not be pussies anymore and just start getting offer sheets out there. Yes. Start offer sheet and you know what? A lot of times they don't do it because they don't want to piss off another organization and like then yeah, you make Fuck an that, Dude, fuck that. Start going balls to the wall dirty business on the side give us stuff to talk about
3: dude i wouldn't give a fiddler's fuck if another gm (laughs) wants to come down the hallway and or or shun me out because i offer she to one of his guys i'll tell him right to his spin why does it i mean what are we here to make friends no i want your player and if you want him as bad as i do then fucking sign him you
0: piece of shit yeah it's been a while i mean was shea webb the the he wasn't the last one was he when philly did it
3: Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? The, the the a funny situation about this is 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 essentially you're trying to manipulate the CBA any way that's going to favor your team, and apparently there were some teams that were a little pissed off that Arizona kept uh, kept. Eating guy salaries
4: like Datsuk and
3: stuff, like Datsuk and Hosa's. And Robin. I actually got a few tweets from Blackhawks fans where I'm like, Fuck you! I'm like, You manipulated the CBA by getting hosts on a front loaded deal in order to lower his average salary down, you piece of shit. Now we're manipulating <laughs> it in our favor, and you're pissed off. Nah, fuck yeah. you. Manipulate the way Change it in the next CBA if, if you're unhappy with it. You guys can vote on it. But don't be getting mad when you benefited from manipulating on the front side and then you got bent over on the back. That is Bush League bullshit.
0: There you go. Uh, boys, nice weather is coming. The Wales finals are going to be in town. Everybody, I want you to enjoy some New Amsterdam vodka. It's perfect pink Whitney weather, so go out, get yourself some New Amsterdam vodka, get yourself that some is. pink lemonade, make the ideal summertime drink. And, of course, enjoy your new Amsterdam vodka responsibly. On that note, boys, I think we should wish the listeners a happy weekend and enjoy the playoffs. Or what?
4: Yeah, we're, we're just rolling strong into the conference finals, boys. And, and a
3: quick note, though. Anything over 10.6 is for first-rounders. But you, you're, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't offer Marner that much money because ten, 10 and 10.5 would put Leafs in a bit of a bind. Because I think that they're – I mean, would you guys not agree? I, I think that's what he's getting. Right, but that's going to put them in a, in a bind. And when you're paying a winger that much money, that is crazy. Tell me a winger that's going to get paid that much. I bet you Panarin might not even get that
0: in free agency. I was yeah, hoping for a banana lens there, but –
3: But you're yeah. telling me he, he, that would make him the highest paid winger in the league other than maybe Ovechkin.
0: Yeah, I just hope fucking teams start doing it. It's an option they just, they're chicken shit to do, but hopefully some of these younger, newer GMs don't give a shit. They're not beholden to the old school, old God, and they're going to fucking disrupt things. Ideally, that's what we'll see. All I'm right, boys. Peace, Peace out. out. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the playoffs. See you, fellas. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again
5: Going places that I've never been